In this episode, we cover an explosive issue of the Avengers, a new hero team you didn't know you should care about, and holiday murder. It's all happening now on Cover B. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Cover B. Happy weekend. As always, I am T here with Chris. Yep, I hope everybody is sleeping off all the turkey and pie. <laughs> And taters. And shopping. Or Chinese food, if you're not the type to cook. (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody's sleeping off food comas, sleeping off the, yeah, the wicked shopping experiences. However, today is Saturday. Yep. And Saturday is Small Business Saturday, Mm -hmm. which means go out and support your local comic book store. Stop buying all your stuff off of Amazon. I know it's easy. You got that Prime, and it makes it all simple. But we are the readers and the ones who need to help keep these awesome small businesses in business. Yeah, jerks. Easy. We're it's it's a friendly thing. Buttholes. No, 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 no. We want we want to support Amazon shopping. D bags. We also shop Amazon and have Prime. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. But it's true. Go go and support your local small business for, for gaming and, and comics because those people put their heart and souls into making sure that you have some of the coolest product that is out there. And if you don't go and shop, they can't get some of the cool little books that we talk about, some of the weird indie stuff that, you know, if, if you're not supporting your store, they can't buy you Grumble. Yeah, right. Like, come on, man. Go out there and help them out. So, yeah, that's my that's my PSA for today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Have a good day, everybody. Now let's talk about some comics. Cool. Um, what are we talking about? First today? thing that I wanted to talk about. So there's a new book out that I really enjoyed. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling it. So John Constantine Hellblazer number one. Nice. They are yep. re-diving into Constantine. Um, I have personally never read a Constantine book, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. Um it's so entertaining. It's so weird. It starts really like death and gore and depressing and demonic weird high level speak and funky donkey. And then and then all of a sudden it immediately breaks into him not being able to tell a joke at a bar and him getting kicked out of the bar by a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's so great. And he like makes friends with this like super scottish bart or uh uh bouncer and like it's funny because admittedly like i struggle sometimes i have no problem when i'm listening to it but i struggle sometimes to understand when um very british or very like scottish or very irish accents are written Mm -hmm. because sometimes they like overemphasize things or sometimes they'll utilize slang <clears throat> that I don't know. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that in the first, like, six pages of this book. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what he just said, but it sounded so cool. Oh, it sounded, <laughs> sounded awesome. Like, oh, they're so neat. I want to be that cool. I want to know just, British slang. You're just reading it and it's like, hi, the Red Saturday Night. How you It's our... so true. It's so funny. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like, know oh. what you're saying. Awesome. I don't understand that. That sounds like gibberish, but it sounds so good. It's so neat. Ooh. But I'm really, so I know all of these things have been very superficial, but the book itself, I'm actually really feeling because it starts off 
like it's going to be very high level uh death and destruction and 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 doomy gloomy but it turns out that's kind of going to center around like a street gang hmm. and some weird dude who's like able to see the future and like pig bones and it, it's it's freaky deaky but it's it's an interesting way of taking what is usually a very magical, very mystical, very, you know, demons and hell and angels type of character and kind of locking him into a very street level, um, like green arrow, black canary on mm-hmm. the ground in the alleyways, like a big showdown goes down in a park. Yeah. Like it, it feels very contained and very like, on par with the street level stuff and i really enjoy the street level stuff and i thought that was a really cool dichotomy to like tie this very like high level dimension crossing mm-hmm. you know dives into hell type character and like pull it all back and like pull it together into this one thing yeah i think that's um and we you know we talked about this with deadpool last week but i think that's the cool thing about constantine is he's one of those characters that it's really like, there's a lot of freedom for the writers. Yeah. Um, you know, when you get put on a Constantine book, you can really, like, put him in a lot of different situations. He's a very malleable character. Yeah. And that kind of, like, beckons to his kind of early days, even. Like, way back in, like, the Vertigo days. He was, like, this odd kind of sounding board for, like, British DC writers. And there was kind of a bit of a rotating door where, like, some people would come in and work on him for a bit. Somebody else would come in and work on him for a bit. And he had all these different stories, like, way back in the Hellblazer Vertigo days. Just tons of different stories. Um, And they're all very, very good. But depending on who's writing him, the tone will be slightly different. The action will be slightly different. The mood will be slightly different. And it was, like I said, it was kind of this, like... I feel like DC used him in the early days as this kind of proving ground for like British authors. Like That's British so cool. Writers. Like, yeah, let's get a British guy on here, have him write a British guy, and or see like how he an does. Irish guy or a Scottish guy, get him on here, have him write this like British character doing things in England, and like see how they do. And uh, then you know that person would rotate off, write something else, and uh, you know he's had some big names writing him in the past but even still every time somebody like new picks him up i feel like they can tell whatever story they kind of want to tell um and i think that's i I like characters like that because it feels like the you know when you're writing for marvel or dc you don't have a lot of like creative freedom there's not a lot Um, of leeway in these characters but yeah but i feel like when people do get assigned this character they appreciate it a bit more and it's like you can feel the passion regardless of who's writing it. You can kind of feel the passion of like, this person gives a shit that they're writing a Constantine book, you know? Yeah. So I think he's just one of those characters that, you know, is more of a playground and less of a, like, I have very rigorous stipulations that I have. I have rules and regulations to follow. This, this run is being written by Cy Spurrier. um, And the art is being done by Aaron Campbell and the art, I'm digging the art because it's Uh got this like dreary kind of like watercolory sort of an instance. Like it's, 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 it 
it's really good in kind of pulling it like, hey, this is nighttime in the bar scene in England. This feels exactly like what you would expect it to feel. Mm-hmm. And, and like weird dark gang hovels and like a weird park with crazy racist homeless people. Like <laughs> it, it's just fun. It's, it's that seedy underbelly of society and I'm really enjoying it. So John Constantine Hellblazer, number one. Go get it. Yeah. Do it. Nice. That's going to be a good one. Um, I wanted to talk about one that honestly surprised the hell out of me. Uh, Avengers number 27. Oh. So, I've been touting the Avengers run pretty much the entire time we've been doing this show. The recent Avengers run has been very good. Jason Aaron's writing it. Um, I'm pretty sure Ed McGinnis has been doing the art for all of them. He might have... There's some issues that are like standalone issues that look at the like prehistoric avengers i don't know if he's done all of those but um it's been very solid it's got you know it ticks a lot of boxes for me it's kind of a weird team you love weird teams (laughs) uses a lot of characters that i feel like are underrepresented um it's less like i mean it's still pretty doom and gloomy but a lot of times it's not like not every story arc is like we've got to save the entire world sometimes it's just like we got to help this guy you know yeah um and it deals with like darker more supernatural stuff so it it takes a lot of boxes for me um this one i didn't expect to be as interesting as i think it's going to shape up to be so the story arc is that there's a new star brand and going way way back to uh Oh, what was it? Marvel Legacy number one. So, like, two years ago, I think. Oh. Um, or, like, la- was it last year or was it, like, two years ago? I don't know. But a year or two ago, Marvel did one of those, like, random, like, here's a one-shot issue that's going to be essentially, like, a preview of a bunch of shit we're going to do eventually. You know <laughs> what I mean? And they did... It was like a, it's like an extended trailer in book form, That's and so they do that from time to time. And they did it in this one. And one of the things they started to hit on was like Starbrand. Like Starbrand was going crazy and <laughs> fighting with Ghost Rider. And they hit on it a bit in like the early issue of like the first issue of this new Avengers run and stuff. Um, Star the current star brand was going nuts and i think he like exploded or some shit oh god um so there's gonna be a new star brand star brand is kind of an underutilized hero in modern marvel comics um but the whole point of the star brand is it's like earth's protector so it's like earth was like here's this power protect me you know what i mean oh. like the literal planet yeah i don't think i've ever heard um, about Starbrand before i don't know much more about what they can do i think they've got like your typical cosmic-y type powers like strength and flying and like shooting beams so um, it's like if the earth made a green lantern yeah in the <laughs> in the last issue in issue 26 it was one of those like let's look back at the prehistoric Avengers kind of issues. Okay. Um, and one of them was the star brand, but he was more of a Hulk type character. Oh. So we got his origin. We got the origin of the star brand in general, basically when the meteor hit that killed off the dinosaurs, it was actually earth like bringing in this power. 
so that it could have a protector. And the first, officially the first ever super-powered Earthling in the Marvel Universe was a T-Rex. Um, so the T-Rex got star brand and was rolling around, like, shooting beams at scroll and stuff. It was awesome. That's hilarious! Um, anyway, this caveman, you know, millions of years later, finds the star brand. It becomes the, like, million BC star brand. But he's more, like I said, more of a Hulk. And there's a reason for that. I won't ruin it because it's a pretty good issue. So issue 26 from, like, a month ago. It's also pretty good. But we're here to talk about issue 27, which is... It opens pretty, like, innocuously, like, uh, oh, this is going to be another start of an Avengers story arc. Cool. So right. it's like, ah, the Shi'ar prison sector, which apparently they have, like, thousands of planets that they've created to be prisons because um, they're the Shi'ar. And it's like, hey, something's going on in one of our prisons. There was a huge energy output, and it, it was crazy. And so they go out and investigate, and Gladiator's like, if I don't call back, like, come back, call the Avengers. And so then it cuts to the Avengers getting ready to go help. So obviously he <clears throat> something happened, um, and he called the Avengers. And it's just like, yay, we're going to space. Woo! Like, oh, I've never been to space, Captain America. What's space like? Well, my boy, space is crazy. And, like, stuff like that. <laughs> um <laughs> And then it literally, like, between two pages, it's like, everyone ready? Here? We? And then it cuts to disaster. <laughs> oh, snap. And so, without spoiling anything, I made a list of, like, tantalizing little tidbits of what we cut to. Oh, I'm okay. so excited. So, the team is torn apart, and, like, more than, I think, like, three of them are missing, Oh, God. Um, so there's only, like, three that we know of, like, their whereabouts. Thor is no longer worthy. Uh, what? Blade is slowly dying. A super-duper powerful hero is chasing Ghost Rider with malicious intent. And Binary's back. <laughs> what? So if all of that doesn't sound tantalizing to you... You're crazy. It was insane. What? It was, yeah. It was just like, so it was like halfway through this book. And like I said, it was just this like, whatever, we're setting up another story arc. We're going to go to space. The Avengers are going to go to space. They're going to find Starbrand. It's going to be, maybe it might be like a shocking reveal, like cameo last page. Like, oh my God, it's actually this person. So like or every Spider-Man book ever. Yeah. Like any like first issue of a story arc ever. Or it's like some shadowy figure, and we go into the next issue being like, "Who's the star Who's brand?" Who's it gonna be? Um, nope. I mean, we never got even got to the like, "Who's the star brand?" part. It was just like the rest of the book was the Avengers dealing with like running out of oxygen in space and not knowing where half their team is. Oh my god! You know, and it was crazy. Interesting. It was nuts. And Thor's got problems going on, and, like, Blade, and Black Widow's there now, and I'm sure she's regretting that, and stuff like that. So it's 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 a really cool issue. If you haven't been reading this Avengers run that I've been talking about, like I said, pretty much the whole time we've been doing this, uh, this would be a good one to dive in. Because yeah. they're touting this Starbrand thing as being an important story arc. Granted, Marvel does that with every single story <laughs> arc that they do. Yeah. Um, but it could be a cool reveal 
of the star brand the star brand might be important going into like future things that marvel has planned in 2020 uh but at the very least it's a chaotic kind of just mess of an avengers story <laughs> and it's it was really fun i'm excited to see it left me wanting for the next issue that's um, awesome and that that was that was really cool man there's a lot going on in those teasers you just provided yeah it was it was it was rough <laughs> so it was it was intense like every page flip i was like what <laughs> so it's cool it's definitely worth checking out speaking of super powerful mm -hmm. marvel hero groups that everybody really really cares about Nice. Let's talk about Great Lakes of Fantastics. Oh, okay. Yours, <laughs> yours, yours was good too. Yeah. Basically the same team. Yeah, no. pretty much. Um, so this week, Fantastic Four Negative Zone number one came out. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-parter-ish. It's like half one story, half another story. The first story is written by Mike Carey. The second story is written by Ryan North. First cool. story... Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it. I sorry. I hate to. Uh, eh, eh, eh. Um, but it like okay. Fantastic Four goes in the negative zone and does some stuff. And yeah. It's, it's it's just it's Fantastic Four crap. Yeah, like, it's Fantastic Four it's, stuff. It would be a perfect episode of a Fantastic Four TV show. Mm. Very well self-contained. Looking at you, Disney Plus. <laughs> Cough. Calf. Um, but it you know it, it's self-contained and talks about doing stuff and they do a mission and uh -huh. the thing is all thingy and sue does her invisible crap i don't know it it's whatever it's boring and yeah. it's fine the second story however is my boy ryan yep. and it's all about the fantastics who have now just bought the baxter building mm -hmm. one of the things i love so much is that ryan north loves the underdog <laughs> That is true, yeah. <clears throat> that man pinpoints the books of the characters that people don't take seriously, that people don't give time to or credit to, and is like, hey, these are people too. You will pay attention and you will appreciate them. And I do. And he's right. I do. So the Fantastics, I really want them to get their own run now because they're so adorable. Mm -hmm. They're very self-aware. It actually does admittedly feel a lot like the Great Lakes Adventures. Like... They're they're aware that they kind of suck. Yeah. Um. They talk actively in this story about being a direct ripoff of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> they know they're like they have a rock person. We, we have, have a, a rock, rock person. person. They have a hot person. We have a cold person. Like they know yeah, they're, they're aware. aware. Of it. Yeah. They even know that their name's a ripoff. So this story starts off with them buying the Baxter Building, because as you know, the Fantastic Four is now chilling out on Yancey Street in, like, their own pocket dimension. Yeah, in, like, a brownstone. <clears throat> they turned a brownstone yeah. into, like, a pocket dimension that's bigger than the Baxter building. It's absurd. You walk in, and it's, like, eganormous. Um, eganormous. Eganormous. I made that word up specifically for the Fantastic Four. Um, so the Fantastics are, like, chilling out, and they're like, cool, we have this building. What do we do now? And half of them are like, we should flip it. We're not good enough for this place. Let's take this money. One of them's Let's like, see. we can go build like low income housing. Yeah. That's how you really contribute. And then one of them's like, no, we should flip it because, well, we are not good enough for this place. 
Mm. And imagine the things we could do with money because money's great. So it's all about like a rallying cry for like, hey, just because we're not the Fantastic Four doesn't mean we're not super like powered heroes who can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And they spend the majority of this book doing little acts of kindness and taking time to do like, like helping an old man figure out how to use Skype on his phone and like (laughs) how to get a cat out of a tree for a little person and like doing all of these things that you think of like, like, a firefighter or like a volunteer worker would do and it's it's kind of great like it's such a good poignant subtle thing to be like hey superheroes aren't always people with superpowers running around saving us from galactus sometimes it's just someone doing the nice thing at the right time and making Mm -hmm. a difference and they end up getting so much love from the community. The community loves them now. Yeah. Like, they showed up, they were liked, then they screwed up and the Fantastic Four fixed it, then they weren't really liked anymore. And now they're liked again. And everybody's like, hey, you don't have to do the, like, Fantastic Four stopping doom crap to be a good team, to be heroes, to be good people, to make a difference in our community. And I just thought that was so well-timed with it being Thanksgiving Mm. and, like, the holidays and it was just so nice to see these people who admittedly have more interest and more depth like it was so dynamic reading this like kind of boring superficial stereotyped fantastic four story of them going into the negative zone and like the thing is the thing and johnny makes his johnny quips and sue does most of the work as always and Mm -hmm. reed is like too smart for his own good hair flip and like broody brooder pants and then switching over to this team of people who are like very self-aware very like wanting to be good people and do the right thing Mm -hmm. and make a difference and have personality Mm -hmm. and interest and depth and aren't just walking stereotypes i don't know it was just it was such a nice dichotomy and i just i might also be a little still heartbroken over squirrel girl being over <laughs> so you just anything ryan North i miss ryan like, already Ugh. it's been like a week and I i'm like ryan i miss you yeah, yeah. but like he just this goes to ryan north being a type of writer we don't get much yeah, yeah. we don't get these like heartfelt human interest pieces yeah that's all i can say that it is like you don't get these stories where he takes people and characters and heroes that otherwise wouldn't really be anything or matter at all and he just makes them important the characters he writes like looking at what you've described the fantastics as and what i know squirrel girl as is like you know spider-man's a good dude But, like, Spider-Man's a good dude because of a tragedy that once befell him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Like, Steve Rogers is a good dude, but Steve Rogers is a good dude in a way that's very, like, pragmatic and very, you know, like, military. He's, like, a military good dude. Yep. Um, And I feel like Ryan North really focuses in on the characters that, like, 
are good people because they desire to be good people. Yes! You know what I mean? It's like, yes. I'm going to be a hero because I want to be a hero. And you don't really, like, there's not a lot of that in comic books, admittedly. It's, it's people being heroes because they got power thrust upon them. and Or it's people that, like, are heroes but also have, like, tendency to be a little gray or like people who have a tragedy like batman and spider-man yep. where like yep. ah now i'm a hero um and like you know you sometimes a comic will give you a flash of one of the like big superheroes like spider-man superman somebody like that like helping a cat out of a tree or like helping someone cross the street or something mm-hmm. but it's, it's always just like this little flash and then otherwise you know, Spider-Man's off dealing with whatever rogue of the week has decided is going to torment him for, like, a month. <laughs> and then Superman's off in space, like, punching gods in the dick and stuff <laughs> like that. And, you know, when they're doing that, who's doing these small things? Who's, yeah. like, on the ground being like, oh, you're locked out of your house? Let me help. And it's kind of cool, the concept of a team that doesn't really want to focus on, like, huge cosmic things and they also don't really care if they're focused on like digging up dirt on people and like getting the scumbags and stuff like that you know like jessica drew who at one point was like i'm done with cosmic shit i just want to raise my kid but i'm also still going to be like a private eye right you know what i mean like they don't care if it's like there's a villain we have to stop the villain they just want to help and it's kind of cool like I understand that you couldn't necessarily have, like, an entire series based off of this. I mean, you could if you got a good... Like, if Ryan North did it... You it could would totally be, do it. Because it would just be a comedy series. Yeah. Um, But I could get how Marvel would be like, no, there's not enough action there. But, like, having it as these little, like, blurbs in the back of, like, Fantastic Four books. Or, like, you know, just having them pop up in other people's books from time to time. <laughs> being like, we're the guys that, like, help people learn how to bake a quiche. And stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, that's, it's nice. That's kind of cool to think that there's, and realistically, if you're trying to be like a superhero team and get attention and stuff, it's an untapped market. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like Spider-Man might help somebody who's getting their purse snatched, but what if he's not available? You know, Spider-Man might help somebody who like is stuck out on their fire escape, but what if he's not available? You know, yep. like what if he's in space again or he's you know dealing with a multiversal issue (laughs) you know like there are these big heroes that do these things but what if they're not available and new york's a big city you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so like to have somebody who's kind of just focused on you know the immediate community simple needs because even the street level guys like luke cage iron fist jessica jones like even them daredevil they're still very much focused on, like, crime, corruption, oh, yeah. justice. You know, like, I can't see Daredevil being like, oh, hey, Mr. Sampson, you lost your wallet. Let me help you hunt that down. You know what I mean? Can verify, reading the chip Daredevil run, it has nothing to do with being a good person. Yeah. So Daredevil's not great. Right it's now. a cool concept <laughs> to have, like, hey, regardless of the scale of your problem, let's we're gonna help you out we just want to help you know yeah that's a, that's a really cool it it's just nice it's just nice and refreshing and yeah 
Yeah, it's, that's a good word for it, refreshing. Yeah, it's just, you, you totally tapped into it. It's it's good people who aren't good because they feel obligated by their powers or their situation. It's they feel obligated because you should feel obligated to be good people. Yeah, there's no, there's no atonement or duty. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is right, so we're going to do it. Yep. We want to do this. So we're gonna. Yep, it's you know. so it's so nice. By the way, I just wanted to mention back to the you know doing good things just for the sake of it. Doreen's babysitting again. Oh yeah. She's babysitting for Jessica Drew. <laughs> Jessica great. Drew goes and hangs out with Captain Marvel and like watches movies, and Doreen watches the baby. Oh. I'm like, you guys, it's just so cute. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> now for something very different. <laughs> very different so um a one-shot mini came out this week mm-hmm. called crow hark the herald um i don't know if you guys know a whole lot about the crow um but it's the crow like white face black makeup you die come back avenge the death yeah the death of your loved ones or yourself or whatever um the original crow i remember the movie Mm. um was awesome and then here's throwing it way back this is showing my age um sting in like wrestling like wwe wrestling he saw the crow and was like that's awesome and then effectively became the crow (laughs) in wrestling for a while so that was really fun um so that's always been just kind of like my baseline understanding of the crow Mm -hmm. i didn't know that there could be multiple crows i didn't know that it was like a thing and I didn't know there were Crow comics. Well, this one shot is about a group of serial killers who every Christmas go and hang out at this cabin. And circumstances have it that they got on the wrong side of a certain person who became a crow. And now they get in hunting. They, they begin in hooded. Tables have turned. They are not doing the death. They are being the death. And it is cool this book is cool the way they set this book up it's so gray like it is not black and white you have these characters who are obviously super killers but they are made relatively sympathetic they are made interesting and kind of funny and kind of cool and but they did a horrible thing and Mm -hmm. they do horrible things all the time and then they did one horrible thing. One horrible thing that wasn't even supposed to be on the books. And it all goes to hell. And it's just really interesting the way the book flips back and forth between past tense and present tense. It flips back and forth between like viewing things from like a year ago to the current day. Um, and it's just really neat. Like, I... I don't know. I went in not knowing just about anything about this book. Mm-hmm. I went in not knowing just about anything about the crow, really, or what I was getting myself into. I kind of expected it to be like the old crow. I don't know. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just sort of dove in, guys. And I, I'm glad. Like, it's a weird holiday tale. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like a slaughtery holiday tale. Nice. And that admittedly fits right into my wheelhouse. Uh, every Christmas Eve, we watch like a marathon 
of Christmas horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I have seen all of the Christmas slasher films. I have seen Black Christmas. I have seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. I have seen Santa Slay. I, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you name it, and I have watched it, and I could probably quote it. This was really cool. Like, I don't... I feel like this is such an untapped, typically, like, type of market. Like, holiday horror is such a cool specific vibe that you can create and it's so interesting too when it's like this type of like violence where it's it's very um like a universal vengeance type of story like it gives you that same weird feel-good feeling as christmas (laughs) (laughs) like when you watch bad people get what's coming to them you're like yeah and it gives you that like Woohoo! Feeling good on the right team type of vibe. And it's it's just weird because at the end of the day, it is still violence. It is still slaughter. Like, people are dying. It ain't good. Mm-hmm. It's just, I love that complexity of feeling. Like, where you feel really happy because the bad guys are getting what's coming to them. But yeah. you also feel guilty because they're still human beings. But then you feel like proud because mm. somebody's being able to get a second chance and most people don't get a second chance. <clears throat> and like, it's just yeah. complicated. And then it's the holidays and it's confusing, but it's awesome. And I really enjoyed this and I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I went, uh, I don't know. It was so good though. Nice. It was cool. so good. Uh, uh, uh. But the it was written by Tim Seeley mm-hmm. and art by Meredith Laxton. Art wasn't, you know, mind-boggling, but it was good. It was substantial. It served the purpose. Yeah. It stayed within the tone of The Crow and mm-hmm. the stuff that you've seen in the past. Um, but the book was just really, like, I really liked the way that it was written. I really liked the way it was ri- laid out. You know, I... I don't know. Are, is there? Do you know if there's like a crow ongoing or anything? I think there's like a that? crow mini coming up. Cool. Um, I don't know if it's gonna connect to this at all, but I'm pretty sure there's a crow mini coming up. I don't next even think year, it needs to connect. January. But I gotta say, like, I haven't read a crow comic, but like, I'm feeling it now. Yeah, really. The only thing I know about the crow <clears throat> is that Bruce Lee's son died filming the movie. Yeah, it was super sad. Much. Yeah, that um, was super. I've actually sad. never even seen the movie, to be honest. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, I've never. Even oh seen man, it. such a good movie. My dad was obsessed with that movie. Why does um? Here's a weird question that is unrelated. Why, when people talk about the crow, do I think of In Excess? Is there a connection there? I just realized. I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, every time people talk about the crow, I think of In Excess, and I don't know why. The lead singer kind of looked like. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe like the I'm just long like, black stringy hair. Yeah, maybe I'm just like <clears throat> connecting and both the lead singer from NXS and Brandon Lee from The Crow died in Tragic ways. ways. Um, yes, that's, so, that's very possible. Huh. That might know. be some like weird brain synapses. Yeah, I just had that thought when you started talking. I was like, why do I think of NXS? We'll also have but, to look up later to see if there's like an NXS song that's like with the, like, the commercials or something. That's yeah. possible. But um, If you guys don't know what happened to Brandon Lee, look it up. It's actually like a really tragic bit oh, of awful. like movie trivia and it did a lot to reshape like movie safety yeah um it okay. was a simple mistake and it was it sucked it, it's it, awful it was really bad but it's awful um and you can also look up how the lead singer of in excess died but i would do that without small children in the room yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't do that at work yeah that's <laughs> yeah don't do that um but yeah like i i don't know i didn't know there were like crow books and i hope mm-hmm. that this 
continues to be a thing. Yep. Um, I like that they're expanding the mythos. Like, it's true. There's a lot that could be in the Crow mythos that just kind of isn't. Yeah, I hope Tim Seeley keeps writing them, too, if they yeah. do. Because he, he's really good at, like, morally dubious characters. Um, like, uh, most of my experience with Tim Seeley was from uh, Hack Slash. Oh, okay. And then he's done some, some, like, DC stuff that I've read. I think he's done some Marvel stuff, maybe. Um, I never read Revival, which is his, like, rural horror. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's really good at that kind of, like, gray area, vengeance-based, like hella violent gory kind of stuff um so he would be a good person to have on there continuously i'm i'm feeling it go pick up this one shot put you in the murdery holiday spirit uh (laughs) it's it's good it's fun happy murder days and that's gonna wrap it up for us guys thank you for listening yeah Uh, thanks for hanging out if you want more cover b you can find us online on our website coverbpodcast.com where you can buy merch and see all of our past episodes including our previous real extras and all of our side bits like the recent um power gaming episode where we talk about five minute marvel which is Mm -hmm. awesome Um, And you can also follow us for news and updates and exciting new things on our social media, both Facebook and Twitter, at CoverBeatPodcast. And if you're listening to this over the weekend between the times of 4 p.m. on Saturday and 4 p.m. on Sunday, then pop on over to Twitch, uh, where we are going to be doing a 24-hour charity live stream uh, and slowly going insane. So... (laughs) Uh, that is, our Twitch handle is Tink Tink Games. That's T-I-N-K-T-I-N-K Games. Uh, check us out. We're going to be playing a plethora of different games and just trying to stay as caffeinated for 24 hours as we can. So I don't know how I'm going to survive this, it's, I'm nervous, so we'll see. I don't do good on no sleep. I get grumpy. It's true. <laughs> yeah, true. Somebody's probably going to need like a 4 a.m. nap. <laughs> I'm going to need a power nap. Um, But anyway, that's going to finish this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next week for the next episode of Cover Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.